0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hey, folks, it's Matt Zachary, and welcome to Vax On, a weekly segment of my podcast out of patience right here on the Offscript Network.
0: Hey, I'm Alura Nanos. I'm a lawyer, a journalist, a mom of a teenage narcoleptic and a professional big mouth.
1: Lou and I go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door.
0: We're here together to learn, complain and include you in the conversation.
1: So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. All right, Matt,
0: let's get at it.
1: It's our Christmas VaxOn special episode. Hi, Laura. Hi, Matt. We're going to start this episode with a big question I have for you. Yes. Yes.
0: So which Christmas carol do we sing Omicron to? Is it, oh, Christmas tree, like, Omicron, Omicron? Or is it like, oh, come all ye Omicrons? Or is it Omicron, holy night? Which is it?
1: Have a holly, Omicronica. (laughs) I just (laughs) Jewified it, sorry.
0: Because, Because I don't know about you, since you don't celebrate Christmas, really, but basically, there are only two things I can think about right now. I can only think about Omicron and Christmas. And those two things are diametrically opposed to each other. So it is a mess inside my head.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you can read the trades and make your own decisions on where the data really lives and where the truth is and what they're saying on the the news. But, you know, pick your poison, I suppose. I don't know. It's freaking me out. I'm freaked out all around. But I have a crazy fucking story to share with the listeners. We had a a small Jewish Christmas miracle happen in our house last week. Did your COVID test last eight days?
0: (laughs) 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 What happened? (laughs)
1: All right. Producer Bree's going to do a great job trying to make this all make sense because I can't say it in any way that's remotely coherent. But the basic gist is that here in Brooklyn, the fucked up school system's rule is that If anyone in your classroom had COVID, the whole class has to quarantine unless the students are vaccinated. Yeah, unvaccinated students have to quarantine. Everybody else doesn't. Totally makes sense. So you have to be fully vaccinated for 14 days to qualify to stay in the class if your class goes remote. That's part two. Mm -hmm. All right. So there there are 10 sixth grade classes. Eight of which have all gone remote already, except for the two remaining, which happened to be my children's two classes. Okay. So we were waiting for the shooter to drop for their classes to go remote, knowing that the 14th day after my children's second shot was Saturday, December 18th, this past Friday, as of today's taping.
0: So you had like that date circled on the calendar and you were like, this is the date that they are real. They are real children and they can go to school
1: and stay there no matter what happens. Right. And of course, on Thursday, the 16th. Oh, no. We get the call. No. Both of their classes (laughs) are going quarantined on Friday, the 17th. One day short of their fucking COVID two week uh, vaccine anniversary.
0: No. No. So so now instead of being able to just stay in school, they had to quarantine for 14
1: days. So my wife, God bless my wife. Thank you, Jessica. Grew like, I don't know, like the the Grinch's heart grows four times. <laughs> her anger heart, like the, 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 the I don't know, the John Wick inside her grew 10 times larger. And she emailed the principal very nicely, very politely and said, um, you're going to destroy my children if you do not allow them to come to school because they'll be fully vaccinated within eight hours of school starting on Friday.
0: <laughs> oh, right, because it was a
1: weekend yes. on
0: top of it, right?
1: So yeah. Christmas miracle, the principal Rebecca back and said, sure, they do not have to quarantine. Oh, so good. we rejoiced in the household when it was like, they could go to school, but wait, there's more. Oh, no. They did go to school. Guess how many of the 30-something children that are normally in their class We're in their class. Oh, no. Two.
0: No. Kobe (laughs) and
1: a classmate and Hannah and her classmate in two separate classes the whole day with everyone else in those classrooms remote.
0: Wait, hold on. Does that mean that of the 30 kids in their class, only two of them were vaccinated?
1: Only two of them were vaccinated up to 14 days after. I can't speak to how many kids were in that Uh, Oh, that's because,
0: right, your kids are under 12, so the vaccine only recently became available to them. Right.
1: This does not affect seventh grade or eighth grade because most of the kids have not turned 11 yet in these classes. So whatever calculus and judgments you want to make on parents of their classmates, notwithstanding, yes, my children, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to the last day of school on the 23rd. Are the only two children in their respective classrooms? I can't even stand it. That's so upsetting. But we had Hanukkah, you know, Christmas, vaccine miracle. Thank you, principal.
0: I mean, it, yeah, that that was a bit of a of a <laughs> of an Omicron miracle. Yes. Oh, I, I mean, of all the,
1: of all the odds of their classroom going quarantine within eight hours of their what's what what's two weeks in Shakespeare called a fortnight. Within a fortnight (laughs) of their second (laughs) vaccine shot. Yes. That's crazy. But and
0: so they don't make any distinction in your school about whether the kid who had COVID was like closely near your kids. It's just like the whole class.
1: If there's one student that tests positive, every student's exposed and the whole class goes remote, which is fucking stupid.
0: I don't know. We have a totally different rule here where. Of course you you do. do, There's no no one rule. rule. No, which makes no sense, right? Here it's like they distinguish between kids that are closely exposed and kids that are not closely exposed. So if you like ate lunch at the same table as a child that tested positive, that's a close exposure. But if you were in the same room, but like, you know, 20 feet away from that kid, then that's not considered a close exposure. What do they have GPS trackers up everyone's ass? How do they know
1: how proximity <laughs> I mean, works in a classroom? It's during Tuesday, lunch, it in gym,
0: so <laughs> in recess. That's <laughs> it's, it's so fucking crazy. stupid. It's crazy. But oh I digress
1: my God. because we're happy. Yeah.
0: So I mean, so basically, you know, because I'm a mom and we're four days away from Christmas, the only thing I can think about is Christmas and COVID. And it's like my brain cannot process anything else right now. And as you'll see, as we cover our stories today, that while I, I of course, still care about everyone else in the world. Not, this week. The, <laughs> not I, this week. This week, I care only about me. <laughs> okay, great. Like I can't hear anything without thinking how it's going to affect me, my Christmas, my Christmas dinner, and what I have to
1: do. Understood.
0: So, I mean, it's not rational, and but but there
1: it is. <laughs> okay. Are you doing live PCR tests when people walk in your house?
0: Yeah, we are. Really? Yeah, well, we're not doing them. We we made our family members buy them, and we bought them. Oh, the home And kit, everyone the said home that tests. they're going to do them the day before they come or the day that they come or whatever it is. Um, So if
1: if anyone sneezes, do they get like shot in the knee or something?
0: Yes. They're like, no lasagna for you. Right. Uh, You know, this wasn't as much my rule as it was sort of a collective idea that we sort of all came up with that said, this would make everybody feel good. We would make it feel like we're safe. And why
1: not just do this? Are you hiding Moderna in the Turkey?
0: I am. (laughs) I mean, everyone's vaccinated who's coming, but... um, I, I just I'm like at a loss. I can't I cannot think rationally anymore. So um, I, I just feel like with every present that I buy, with every cupcake that I bake, like it's all everything is like laced with Omicron. Yes. So that's where I'm at right
1: now. <laughs> How funny would it be if like the Amazon boxes got wrapped in Omicron?
0: it would not be funny no it would not also like you know so you know i'm half greek and weirdly my greek family like my dad my aunt like a whole bunch of greek relatives sent me christmas cards in greek this year for the first time ever and i felt like is that a coincidence
1: is it because all of these greek letters what's going on What, what comes after omicron like phi psi chi sigma tau or something I have no idea. You should know these things.
0: I know. I should. I'm. I'm so, I really should look it up. But I don't. I don't want there to be anything that comes next. Hopefully, what comes next is everybody goes outside and plays. Yes.
1: Um. With But dirt. anyway, I'm, and b- build seriously. back your immune system with dirt. Play with dirt.
0: Build back better the immune system. Yes. yes. Meanwhile, now I'm reading this story, and it's about the freaking cruise ships. And Everything again, because,
1: old is new again. <laughs> we start with the cruise ships. We end with the cruise I, ships
0: because my brain is melted, I don't even know how I feel about this, right? So here's what happened. Royal Caribbean had 48 people on board one of its ships test positive. So that
1: sounds terrible, right? Didn't we talk about this many, many, many months ago when I think we first started this segment that most of the cruise ships were creating the vaccine only? Did they get rid of that? Yes. So in
0: fact, it was the first story we ever covered here on Vaxon that there was a big controversy between the cruise industry and the state of Florida, because the cruise ships wanted to have a vaccine only policy, which my understanding is that they do have that policy. Um, the state of Florida wanted to block them from having that policy. So because the state of Florida doesn't want private businesses to be able to do what, you know, what they're calling discriminate against unvaccinated people. So this has been working its way through the courts in all different ways. But the CDC lifted the no-sale order as long as the cruise ships have these very stringent measures in place. So Got that's it. what's going on. But at the time that the cruises like started up again, the cruise ships all said that they were going to have something like 100% vaccination rate, all of their staff, and just about everybody on board. So when I hear 48 people test positive, my first reaction is, oh, that's terrible. It makes me so freaked out. And then I read, oh, 95% people on board were fully vaccinated, which of course is a high number, but it's not 100. That's not 100. No. So it pisses me off, right? But then, so, so I'm starting being really irritated. But then I read, Started? okay, well, yeah, really. <laughs> some, but some of the people on board are kids. And maybe they couldn't get vaccinated, but they were allowed to have negative PCR tests. So like that sounds better. Um, and here's the thing those people who tested positive, those 48 people, 98% of them were fully vaccinated. Wow. So these are almost entirely breakthrough cases.
1: Yes. Well, so that not I'm good. like,
0: oh no, like I hate that. I hate that statistic. Um But then I have a good statistic backing it up that makes me feel somewhat better. No one died. Which it, nobody. Not only did no one die, everyone who tested positive was either asymptomatic or had mild symptoms. No one had even serious symptoms. There's a big part of me that feels like, what the hell are you doing and going on cruises? Um, Then I feel like, oh, but I'm so happy for the cruise industry, especially since they're being so careful. Then I'm freaked out that there's all these cases, but really they're not really that bad. And like, ha ha. You know, it's just, it's a mess.
1: My my opinion on this is that if it's a closed environment of Omicron fully vaccinated people, it's way less worse than a bunch of unvaccinated people around people with Omicron.
0: Oh, I think we can definitely agree on that, that in terms of severity and seriousness, no, it's not a terribly serious thing. See, again, this is where my mom anxiety takes over, because although obviously the truly important thing is whether or not people are getting very sick or, God forbid, dying. But in my kind of pandemic fatigue going on, I can't differentiate between the stress of, oh, my gosh, I I don't want to go to the hospital. And oh, my gosh, I don't want to cancel Christmas dinner. Even though these are two entirely
1: different things, obviously, they they are they are mutually exclusive.
0: But it's like, I can't, I can't. Um, and this is something that happened to me during the pandemic that I'm unable to calibrate the level of emotion that goes into disappointment versus fear. I can't do it anymore. What
1: ever happened so, to flatten the curve? Remember that? That was like the bullshit they sold us early on. And
0: yeah, what happened? That, that, I, I've noticed that that tagline's gone. Yeah, where'd that go? Big way. Where'd the flatten the curve go? <laughs> they were like, never mind. Wasn't it the didn't whole work. point
1: to just keep hospitalizations low and let everyone else just be sick normally?
0: I mean, I guess I don't know what the point is anymore.
1: I, no, I, I'm there's no completely
0: point. bereft They've of They
1: flattened plans. the y <laughs> axis, not the x axis.
0: Yeah, now it just goes straight up. Yes. Uh, but it, I, I will say this in this land of nobody can agree about anything, no two schools do anything the same, no two people have any similar practices, um, I have some good news in the form of our Sir Moment.
1: Sir Moment. Sir You're Moment welcome. is
0: here. Yeah, so the Sir Moment is here to actually give us some data on which doctors are really united. And I have to tell you, when I see that, it it does make a difference to me.
1: Right, but last because, week they were united around, we're all dying. <laughs> yes. What are they so, united about this week?
0: So here, they're united that they all believe that Omicron is more transmissible, which we basically knew. They all seem to agree that you should just get your booster. And they all believe that it's
1: about to become a shit show. So... All right, so kind of a mixed bag with some optimism in there.
0: Exactly. So, you know, we asked the doctors, um, do you think that all adults should get a booster shot because of Omicron? 83% said yes. The same 80-something percent, you know, this was 82%, also said yes on the question, do you think Omicron is more transmissible? That seems to be something where we all understand to be true. And 84% said that they expect to see Omicron in their region or community within the next few weeks. So, it's kind of like everyone knows it's coming. Everyone knows that the booster is what helps. And and it comforts me to see doctors answering these questions at the same rates as each other because now it feels like the medical community has come to a consensus. And to me, that's what I take my guidance from. So that that's meaningful to me when I see that kind of consensus.
1: Right, and again, for the listeners, this is a, a survey of 1.3 million doctors on these sermo platform, which is international. So these numbers are kind of germane. We can't break them down based on country or specialty or culture or any bias. But it's a nice snapshot overall of what this community writ large tends to have an opinion on. And I support this. I think these are good stats. They're terrifying for the right reasons. But, you know, you have to live your life. And I'm not like, what's COVID? Of course, it's the thing and it kills people. It's terrible. We passed 800,000 deaths in America and more deaths. We discussed this, I think, um, a month ago, more deaths in 2021 than 2020 with the vaccines. And that's just insane to me. So it is. Yeah. But and I'll tell you, you know, one of the
0: things that we asked the Sermo doctors that made me uh, really hesitate and, and really take pause. And it was a little disheartening to me is we asked doctors at Sermo are your patients worried about Omicron? Because it seems like the doctors themselves are sort of uniformly worried about Omicron. But the doctor said, 66% of them said the patients are worried about Omicron. 34% said that they were not. This tells me that patients are actually less concerned about something that doctors are concerned about. And that's alarming to me, because I would actually expect the opposite. I would expect patients to be sort of overly concerned because that tends to be what happens in times of crisis. And instead, we have patients downplaying the seriousness of COVID and downplaying the seriousness of Omicron. And that scares me because it should it should be
1: closer. I'm on the fence about that personally, only because we are um, anti-death, as we keep saying on the show, anti-death. But at this point, if you have personally chosen to not get yourself fully vaccinated and boosted if possible, with medical exceptions being an obvious out, which is perfectly fine, health above everything, then are you accountable to your own decisions if you get sick or get other people sick? And where do we draw the line on just appreciating and respecting people's freedom of choice versus the direct impact on the negative effects of public health?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's always going to be the push and pull when it comes to public health emergencies, other public emergencies, anything public. You know, we're living in a society, but we're also individuals with individual freedom. And where does that push and pull bring us and where are those lines? And it's always going to be a topic
1: for debate. All right. We're going to take a break and be right back.
0: Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
1: All right, we're back. What is our third segment? What are we ranting about? And please don't unsurprise me.
0: No, I'm not going to surprise you, but I just have to be annoyed by this. And yet again, it's another topic that co my Christmas spirit with my COVID anxiety. Go on. Here's what I'm annoyed about. There's people out there making money off of vaccine hesitancy.
1: Is it like the uh, like uh, Vax Off t-shirts that we're not selling?
0: But it's not even anti-vaxxers. That's the thing. And that's the thing that I find infuriating. So there are people out there who have themselves been vaccinated.
1: Like every anchor on Fox know, News?
0: Yeah, who know that it is a controversial topic, who are essentially hitching their wagon to the star of vaccine debates and, and this absurd anti-vax conversation. So I just happened to see this article on Above the Law, which is really a fantastic website about uh, all things legal. and And it was talking about Glenn Greenwald, He's a journalist and media personality. And Jimmy Dore, who's a YouTuber. And these two guys, not, not together, just independently, really monetizing vaccine hesitancy. So what they're doing is they're kind of um, uh, directing people toward anti-vax literature. They're, they have huge social media followings because they're making all of these very close to anti-vax statements on air, despite the fact that they themselves are vaccinated. They seem nice. So And and the thing is, the whole idea of that just really bothers me because it's like, listen, you know, think what you want, believe what you want, communicate what you want. But if you're just using this controversy as a means to increase your followers or increase your audience, get famous, get rich, and you don't even give a shit, you don't even agree with it, you know what you're saying is bullshit and you're just doing it to kind of use these people who are uninformed. I mean, it's just like the lowest of the low. And are you ready for the crossover with my life and Christmas? What? You have people coming that like watch these videos? Oh, even better than that. I'm going to be at a Christmas party with them.
1: Oh, dear God.
0: Yeah. So this is what happens. So, you know, I write for Law and Crime, which is one of Dan Abrams websites. I do legal analysis. And um, Law and Crime is a sister website to Mediaite. And Mediaite every year puts out their list of like the 30 most influential people in media. And of course, Glenn Greenwald is on the list, which means I'm going to go to my office Christmas party and this douche is going to be honored at it. Now, to be fair, he's not being honored because what he says is so good, but just that he's recognized as being influential, which he is, which is the problem. I mean, so was Hitler. Right. Well, I mean, Sean Hannity is number one on this list. Oh, so God. understand the the list is about whether you have achieved notoriety in media. And that's all fair. It's not about whether what you do is any good. Um, It's important to know that these people are highly influential. Having said that, though, there's going to be like schmoozing at my party that I go to. And I'm going to have to not freaking lose my mind on this guy.
1: So the Wonder Woman sword that she tucks in her back secretly in the movie, you're not going to wear that, right?
0: I'm going to not wear it. I mean, what I'm going to hope to rely on is that. I don't exactly know what he looks like because I don't watch him, so maybe I won't notice him right, you know, right away.
1: You're gonna start dancing with some random handsome guy. He's like, "Hi, I'm glad." I mean, it could
0: be. <laughs> last last time I went in 2019 when we had this our office party, I was standing right next to Preet Bharara, and it took me a minute to know who he was. Um, and then I was like, "Oh, right, he's got that cute smiley face," and you know, I want him to be my friend. So. Right,
1: <laughs> as do I. Hi, Preet. Of not course. A, probably not a listener, <laughs> but hi, Preet.
0: <laughs> uh, but anyway.
1: Yeah, you got to like, um, h- how do these people wake up in the morning is the question I would ask, but it's probably like a, just a dead end question because they wake up on a big pile of money.
0: Yeah, right. That That is what it is. They, they wake up on a bed made out of money. And it's just like, I don't know, you know, there's a hunger in media for so many things. I don't know why it's necessary if you have kind of media savvy and you're a good writer, a good speaker why do you need to make your living off of bullshit when there are good topics out there? I mean, there's listeners available for for all sorts of topics. Um, I don't know why it's necessary to kind of do this weird dance where you're basically firing up the anti-vax community when you're not even one of them. It's so stupid to me.
1: I mean, it's one thing. Remember we covered that that fake um, funeral home truck that encouraged people to not get vaccinated and we'll see you soon? Yes, that was great. But that was all that was made like intentionally by smart people who were pretending to be anti-vaxxers to get vaccinated. That was smart use of power. This is just really a moral use of power.
0: It is. It's terrible. And and like Greenwald, even in one of his articles, he was talking about how it's immoral and anti-worker to fire uh, frontline workers who refuse to get vaccinated, which is like kind of an interesting way to turn the rhetoric of workers' rights into the anti-vax rhetoric, like that it's somehow anti-worker. No, Dick, like this is a public health emergency. The frontline workers are the ones that no one can avoid.
1: Yeah, the last thing you want is to have a nurse give you COVID. When you're there getting your COVID shot. Yes. (laughs) Ridiculous. Like,
0: really? So I'm like, I'm super annoyed by it. And I really would like to just keep it all the way in the recesses of my mind and pretend these people don't exist. But of course, not only do they exist, but I'm going to have to see them. (laughs) <laughs> so
1: yeah. yeah i mean you start to get into pediatrics it gets muddy and i understand that and that that makes a lot more sense to me as someone with young kids i'm sure with you as well but in the adult world you know if you're over high school and and you're choosing these things and i feel bad for people that just get so sucked into this type of manipulation they buy into it and it's doing no good in the world
0: and you know i think that that's um where my passion comes from when it comes to people who are against the vaccine or who say that they don't believe in it. Um, It's not so much that I'm hellbent on never respecting or just dismissing somebody else's choices or opinions about things. It's that these people tend to be really vocal about how they've come to that opinion. And usually the way they've gotten there is by buying into total bullshit. And I think that bothers me Because their conclusion is wrong, their reasoning is wrong, and their data is wrong. And I can see that they're just being manipulated to think things like, you know, it's Bill Gates' fault, or it's a way to thin the population, or you're going to inhale proteins, or all of this insanity. And it's not even like a logical uh, fear. You know, there are logical fears about getting vaccines that we've talked about. But that's not what's driving this anti-vax movement. It's really ignorance and manipulation. And I, I think that's the core of why I have such an emotional response against it. We need to go back to, to, to channel what Damon Jacobs said to us when he was our guest. Which was? He said, listen, when you're talking to people who are anti-vax, we have to like channel our inner Zen and not make them feel ignorant for not understanding anything. Right. And I thought that was a lovely attitude. <laughs> re- lovely is a kind word. It's not one that I can readily just order up because I just want to hurt people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Like, I don't have that kind of patience for people. But at the same time, I can recognize that that's just like a much more zen humanitarian way to look at it. All
1: right. Well, let's wrap up with our New Year's <laughs> resolutions. Are you going oh, to hate hate or love more people next year?
0: Oh, gosh.
1: Do, do you have a resolution plan
0: for next year? I, you know, I, I'm i actually very anti-New Year's resolution um, because I feel like, you know, I'm enough. I'm doing the best I can right now. My resolution is to just keep on trying the best that I can.
1: I like that. Yeah. My resolution is to do my best as a dad to see my kids through puberty, which is starting, so God help me.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. My resolution is not to take a cruise. <laughs>
1: code switch my tolerance for my son who's getting moody oh yeah moody and the right reasons like i I, oh i remember this then i this was bad for me too and my dad was there for me so yeah my resolution is to gain a little more tolerance to respect that they're going to be 12 next year things are really going to change and i have to act the way my parents did when i went crazy at that age
0: Oh, that's a what a nice resolution. I love that. Yes. Well, and in the meantime, you know, enjoy all of the, um, I don't know, are you doing Chinese food on Christmas?
1: Likely. Uh, I wish I was doing Chinese food. I'm in pork, general chows, and uh, pork fried rice.
0: That sounds just wonderful. Enjoy that. Enjoy the holiday. I cannot wait to be back here with you in 22 when things are going to be better, right? We hope so. What's the next
1: Greek letter? Go fuck yourself. (laughs) It's the go fuck yourself area.
0: It's the Allura variant, right? No. Um, Wait, yeah. so, when, so we, everybody... when we get
1: to Omega, do we just go back to Alpha? Like so in the theater, when we get to Omega. I'm or... not
0: doing. I think it goes to AA, A, and I'm not doing
1: that shit. It's like in the theater, it goes Rosie, then Double A, Double B. Yes, exactly. It's theater seating. <laughs> well, on that note, friends, thank you so much for supporting us this year. We love our listeners. You helped us grow this show to reach over a million people a month. We're having a huge impact and without you, our incredible listeners, and the incredible feedback you give us to talk about stuff on this program, Elora and I will be talking into an empty Pepsi bottle.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for having us here, everyone. We love you. We hope everyone has a safe and healthy holiday season and we will see everyone in 22.
1: Pepsi, That's not on. a sponsor.
0: Happy New Year. Yes. <laughs> Happy New Year.
1: That's all for now. If you like Vaxon, be sure to
0: subscribe,
1: leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Tell us your shit show of a healthcare story by leaving a message for us
0: at 855-AUDIO-66, and we might just use it in a future show. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Health. We are a healthcare engagement company built for patients and caregivers by patients and caregivers. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. Our senior producer is Brianna Seely. Our hosts are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Brianna Seely. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscriptnot.com. That's media at offscript.com. For more information, visit
1: offscript.com.